Hey, what's up, guys, and welcome to the Where to Market Your Business Online podcast. I'm your host, Jose Quiroz. I'm an e-commerce and digital marketing specialist. I've been in the industry for a little under a decade, started at the corporate level, and now I help medium-sized businesses, service providers, retailers, and corporate clients take their business online and profit. And this podcast shows you how to market your business online. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Where to Market Your Business Online Podcast. I'm your host, Jose Quiroz, and today I'm being joined by a very special guest, Mirna, who's the head of marketing over at Planable. Planable is a content review and marketing collaboration platform used by over 5,000 teams, marketing teams in brands like Jaguar, Land Rover, and the United Nations. In the past three years, Mirna has led a 30x revenue growth over at Planable. She's doing amazing things uh, with awesome experience in the Uber marketing team and with Oracle doing social media. Mirna, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to, to chat. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I know um, the audience is going to learn and I'm going to learn a lot. So why don't we take, um, before we kind of dig into Planable, uh, you know, marketing collaboration, content and kind of social media, why don't we take a little bit of time of getting to know you and how you ended up where you're at and doing all this amazing stuff? Yeah. So um, as uh, you know, my uh, resume kind of speaks for itself in terms of my journey. I think it's um, it was always for me, I kind of discovered tech marketing, first of all, you know, growth marketing and working in the tech industry that I kind of fell in love with because I really resonate with the way marketing is done in this industry in particular. And that is it's very data driven. It's very conversion oriented. It's very um, it's a lot about nitpicking at each uh, number that doesn't look right. Um, and it's not that much about, you know, how can we do very creative things with um, that, you know, make a splash without necessarily knowing exactly what the splash we would would be about even or what it would mean even. So I think that's kind of what I really, really appreciated about this industry and why I dove into it full on. Um, I didn't really test or try anything else firsthand. Um, And the second part, I think for me, it it was really about the size and the impact that I can bring on. And that's kind of explains the other factor, the other pattern in my journey. And that was, you know, Oracle, one of the biggest corporations, then Uber, which was a scale up back when I joined, and now Planable, which is, uh, you know, was the startup at in the early stages when I joined three years ago uh, was only four people wow wow yeah that's an awesome journey and and I I love it because you're getting experience of big tech conglomerate Oracle Uber being in this medium of it's not necessarily a startup it's getting brand recognition now it's starting to grow so now we're working on the scale and then now you're working with Planable to kind of help them into that stage um what are the key differences between kind of those three, you know, size of businesses um, when it comes to creating an effective content marketing strategy or, or, or just being able to do digital marketing effectively? Um, you know, what are the kind of differences between those three, those three types of businesses, those big mm-hmm. ones? And what are some of the things you can kind of 
take and learn from each one of those? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good question. I think the, the biggest difference I would mention is the size kind of it dictates the purpose, or at least in my purpose, uh, personal experience, it dictates the purpose of marketing, of content marketing, and of social media marketing. Because when you're Uber, for example, your brand recognition is really, really high. You have brand love most of the times. And if you don't, you have at least, you know, the awareness of it. You have people coming, looking for you on social and in content, and they want to ask several questions. They want to know more. They want to, they want to be up to speed with whatever you're doing. And so... I think the purpose there naturally would be to focus on the loyalty of these people, to try to give them what they're looking for, to try to curate the content. And that content would be probably be very brand focused. It's a platform where you can reinforce your values to the people that already know who you are. Well, I think for Planable throughout this time, it's been a lot about acquisition because the brand awareness is wasn't there, you know, at that level, obviously. And so for us, these channels, um, they were about attracting the right kind of audience, the people that would um, love to use Planable, that would um, find its need and so we would curate and we would create the content with that in mind, with that audience in mind of providing them the value while showing them how Planable could help. So really the intent is kind of dictates whatever the team would be doing. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. I love that because I talk often about the intent of the individual on the other side of the screen um, and understanding how you're going to market them in the platform and what is the intention of the use of that platform. So I love that you're talking about the intent of the individuals inside of the business, right? Inside of the team yeah. and kind of the positioning of that business and what is the what is what is the need or like you said, the purpose of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's uh, it's always also about i mean you can see it if you look at the instagrams uh at nike's instagram for example and everything they're doing on content it's all brand awareness and it's all it's all really showing off their values and reiterating the same values all over again until we all understand what nike's about what they stand for what they don't and um yeah what they care about but then if you look at um product at tech product for example at stripe which is a um a tool you know and for SaaS or for businesses that want to process payments then you look at their content and it's very product focused because it's a lot less there about i mean okay we know about stripe it has a pretty big recognition in its own niche and area but it's a lot the the product is a lot more important than the brand only you know it, it matters what it does and what it can do so um I, I i wanted to mention this a bit because i feel like this um concept of not mentioning your product and your content and giving only value and god forbid you would say anything about your brand as it can be a bit too uh, aggressive it's a bit of a myth at, in some industries it's not necessarily about that some people would check out stripes 
social media and and if they would only talk about their brand people would wonder okay great but what do you do how can you help my business yeah yeah that's interesting what would you think is a fine balance between uh, organizations doing that having kind of this branding led creative versus product led creative um, I think you really need to know where your audience is at in terms of problem awareness. First of all, are they problem aware? Do they know they have a problem? Uh, because if the, if you don't, if they don't, I would really talk a lot about the problem in itself, just to reiterate. Because maybe they, I mean, since you're if you have a product market fit, they do have the problem, but you don't know if they're if they're consciously aware or looking for a solution. So. You really, I would, I would target it based on these, on where the most of your audience is in terms of, uh, of awareness of the problem, the problem, the solution, and the product. Um, if they're very problem aware, but they're not, they don't know who you are. I would, um, I would be more bold with talking about the benefits of my product. If they know about your competition, but not yourself go bold, talk about your competition, talk about the biggest value and, um, and benefits that you bring. But if not, maybe going in product first, if your audience has no idea that they, that they even have a problem, it's not gonna work. So talk a bit about, about that and show them why the value is there. Yes, yes. And that's one of the things that I like to express to clients and organizations is you need a bit of a runway when it comes to digital content, um, especially in the social media world, right? You want to feed them enough to educate them, whether it's a problem awareness thing, a product information, uh, this is the transformation you're seeking. You just don't know you need this yet. Um, and within that runway building, you also have to start understanding the language that they use. And so you, it's going to be reiterating the small creative tweaks. Um, you know, do you use love instead of a door, right? Do you use pain instead of uncomfort, right? Those are the things that you're going to have to um, to learn. And that runway allows you to only to test that out, but then also build the anticipation of and or the education of the problem awareness. Um, just to get a little tactical here, what are some of the things that your teams do in order to get into that problem awareness? Um, first of all, uh, to reiterate on what you've just said, we're really doing our best to stay close with our audience and try to understand that. And to be really specific, we do interviews all the time, user interviews and job to be done interviews. So we have it all, um, you know, automated. It's part of our weekly routine now we try to have at least a couple of interviews every week and we're not planning to stop that anytime soon until literally all of these interviews get super boring and there's no insight there which i really don't see that happening anytime soon so we talk a lot with users and we try to we um make recordings of all those conversations we uh, get the transcript of all those conversations and we keep a log in which we copy paste um, exactly the from the transcript how the customer expressed the need, the value, the benefit. And that is exactly what you mentioned about about the, their language. And it's because, you know, it's even more um, simple than that. I mean, for us, we can say social media collaboration tool, but maybe our audience says, say, you know, say social media workflow tool or social media calendar tool or social media, anything. They can use so many different versions of the same idea and so many different um, 
ways of expressing it, that it's really important that we listen. And then we try to apply that to all the communication that we send out. So we check the SEO of that because maybe, I don't know, we find a whole new way of, of expressing the problem. And then we ensure that our messages and we're building just now a glossary of how we should express the same things just to, to ensure consistency and to ensure that we, um, we respect the, the language. And then in terms of the content, we always look um, at the two sides of the coin, you know, what, what, it's, what is it important for Planable to say as a brand, as a company, as a product? And what are, what is our audience interested in? And in order to do that, I think first you have to really segment your audience, your ideal customer profile, who are they, who in the business or in the personal life, and then try to look at their interests and that we do that a lot through SEO research, honestly. We just look at the volumes, what people search for, what do they want to know? Who is, I mean, is there anything that they really want to know, but no one tells them? Because that's um, that's really interesting. Those are kind of the golden nuggets that you want to find. And then um, we try to kind of find the, um, the right, you know, um, com combination of the two. What we want to say and what they want to hear and then we uh, produce, we try to produce valuable pieces of content marketing, not necessarily, you know, we try to get further and further away from checklists or things that are very low hanging fruits, but really give them eBooks or reports or stats or uh, tools that they can actually use for their day-to-day -day problems. Yeah, makes total sense. And I, I, I love everything you're doing because, Time and time again, I see organizations, senior managers coming into the digital world um, and wanting to bypass a lot of these steps. Um, they want to define a tactic, define a platform, start creating something, videos, pictures, whatever, um, and start hitting the ground running. Then they find themselves very impatient uh, three months in when nothing's really happening. There's no comments. There's no engagement. They're starting to get upset because they feel like it's a pay to play only. Um, you can't really make an impact organically anymore. I hear that time and time again, um, but it's because they're bypassing these steps of understanding well, yeah. who's the individual on the other side. What do they care about? What do they, what do they need? Um, I also love the fact that you guys are doing this in-house and you're doing it in an automated way. This is a huge learning opportunity for those national businesses um, who are using agencies um, in order to do this consumer insight. And I'm not knocking it because even our team uh, with AT&T, we do this every 18 months. We do a big, deep analysis at a, at a brand strategy level to understand who the individuals are. Then we define digital kind of tactics to help support that. So you can also do that in-house. <laughs> and, I, and I love that that's, you know, it's something that you guys do and you've somehow built yeah. it in. And it doesn't have to be complicated. Um, you can, you know, just get in a consistency of it. But as long as you have your ears to them, then it's amazing. And that's another aspect of the digital marketing world that I would love organizations to, to hone in on is the communication aspect of it the the engagement the the and i don't want to say engagement in a like comment share but the fact that you could actually have a conversation with your folks at a scale scalable approach that is golden nuggets as you said right that's where you yeah. find those golden things so um 
I was curious to, you do a lot of the work to understand who the individuals are, et cetera, et cetera. How does that then translate to identifying the tactics or the channels? Um, and the reason being is because organizations usually come to me with a tactic in mind already. They want an app, mm -hmm. they want affiliates, they want influencers, they want whatever. Um, but, but it's, nine out of 10 times, we often have to stay, take a step back and say, okay, wait, before we go into the tactic, what's the overall strategy, goal, mission, goals, et cetera. So I'm curious to kind of know on your end, how, how you bridge that gap of taking the valuable lessons you're getting from the consumer and then identifying the tactics, channels, et cetera, to, to actually get in front of. Yeah, sure. So I think, you know, first off, we start with the content marketing idea that we have. So what do we want to share? And in most cases, kind of the format in which we're going to share that comes naturally because it's the way, I mean, if you want to give them a tool, it's going to be a landing page or a microsite that offers them that tool. But if you want to give them constant advice, it's probably going to be a podcast or a blog. So uh, most often the idea kind of almost decides the, the format. And then we talk about the channels and the promotion strategy before we even decide on the idea that we're going to run because this has this is a lesson that we've learned in time after many failures that how promotable a piece of content is is i think as important as the idea itself and the value itself because we've we've had a lot of you know um failures of content that we've worked very hard on but it never worked because there's a few i mean there there's promotion that you can do at first that's kind of part of the splash campaign, you know, to, to make the, um, make, sh make sure that the word is out there, that people, the right audience knows about it and they can share it if they like it. And then, then there's the ongoing kind of evergreen piece of it. So, and that it's most often where SEO comes in and where, um, yeah, that's, kind of the main uh, the main kind of tactic that ensures that kind of evergreen and that the the, the piece of content that we're producing is just going to go wider and wider and it's it's going to run and on its own and then we try to find um from that splash campaign i think that's the hardest part because the others you can work on in time but the launch campaign in itself i think it's it's the hardest because it's rarely, we try to not, to ensure that we're not going to be the only ones talking about this. So we try to find partners before we actually, um, before we actually start promoting it. And we try to build in the content, this, this kind of um, incentive for partners to be there with us, either get quotes from people, either get others involved in the piece itself, either mention um, other people or even, you know, the right spin can be if you're talking about, I don't know, um, social media agencies, this is just a random example, but if you're talking about them and you might, you know, including them in any kind of, um, in any kind of content piece that you're doing, will almost ensure that you will have that shareability among them, at least. 
Um, so I think that's always, and it, it's usually with other businesses, when you, even if you're a B2C, I think you can include other businesses and you will, um, you will earn a lot of shareability through that. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think you gave two very tangible pieces of advice there that I wanted to highlight for people to take away from. SEO research, so understanding what's going on in the SEO world related to your product, service, organization, whatever the brand, whatever the case may be. Use that because that is a, you're looking into the window of what are people saying in this, you know, in this sea of things, right? And so you're going to be able to identify those things. Mix that with the individual conversations you're having and forget about it. You're in an extremely strong position because you're getting mass word of mouth versus the one-on-one personal. So have that together. Then the other one that I thought was really interesting was this partners, right? We typically might think of them as affiliates or influencers, but you could actually do partners like you're saying, other in the other organizations that are maybe not competitors to you, but they're um, they they complement your product or your service, right? It just kind of makes sense within your ecosystem um, because that's going to give you that organic search, that organic uh, stretch. And if you're creating that runway with unique terms, unique values, unique solutions, and then you layer on top of it other individuals who are doing that, it makes it seem like there's a movement, right? Like there's a thing going on. And exactly. and then at that point, you know, we're all moths to light. You know, we're all just going to go flying directly there. So those are two amazing pieces of gold nuggets that, that you dropped that I wanted to highlight uh, for people. So thank you so much for that. Um, we're pretty much coming here to an end. But before we do that, I do have one more question I want to get into. But I want to share with you guys that Mirna and her team were amazing enough to give us an offer for you guys listening that's going to be 30% off for the first three months of using Planable with code with code MarketOnline30. So MarketOnline30 will give you 30% off the Planable platform for three months. Uh, we can dig into a little bit about the platform if you kind of want to give us know. But before we do that, the last question I had for you was Oracle social media. I'm really curious just to kind of get... Um, and you, we can, you can give me whatever you'd like here, but I'm um, coming in with the assumption from a third party looking in and somewhat understanding that business is such a huge entity. Um, and I would assume that it's doing different things uniquely for social media, not just kind of one big bucket thing for the entire organization, right? Because different products or services, are again, I'm coming in with an assumption. So I'm kind of curious to know, tell me, or I would love the audience to know about how does um, a team over at Oracle kind of handle social media and what are some key highlights that maybe you took away from your experience there? Yeah, I think, first of all, it's a very a lot of people are involved in those social media accounts. So it's not one person ranting on 10 different accounts because Oracle has a, is a, it's a huge company and it has a lot of sub brands because they have a lot of different products and all of those dif- different suits or audiences are kind of um, different brands. So they have a team, they have a person at least for each sub brand and then for each sub-brand, they kind of, this person has sort of a support system that they can go to in order to ensure that they are saying the right thing. And that, because, you know, it's technical. So you need to ensure that you talk to someone from the product team, that you're not saying anything that you shouldn't, or that's not accurate. Um, And from the brand side and from the PR side and from all over, just to, again, have 
all of the points of view that you might be missing. And that's one of the lessons that I really learned there because I do think that, you know, the more our eyes are on this, the take a look at the same uh, ideas, you're going to have different angles and you're going to end up with a better product in the end um, and a better output, whatever that kind of output is. Um, and another totally different, I think, lesson was that they had, it was, there was content that was dedicated for social media. And that was usually very much about the real-time aspect. So we would really try to get involved into events, into the whatever the buzz was in that community at that time. If there was an Oracle event or any other kind of event, we would really join in the conversation. So it wasn't only about the planned content, but it was also about how we can get involved um, when whatever was happening was happening. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I like the insight here of, I wrote, you know, I, I was taking notes because I'm, I'm learning a lot from you and I, and I love it. Um, internal collaboration and cross-departmental collaboration. Um, keeping that in mind, folks, uh, you know, senior managers out there who are looking to really take digital seriously, who are trying to make a real splash with it, your digital team can't do it alone. Um, the way I usually position it with clients is consider the, you know, when I was in-house um, and even still with some of the, re the corporate clients that I have where I do go in-house to support the team, you know, I every time I can get someone's ear, I let them know, consider us your internal digital marketing agency. You come to us with whatever you need, whatever you have, but also give us the ability to tap into the stakeholders and other departments because as Mirna mentioned, you're going to need to do that. You know, we've ran or, uh, campaigns with where legal had to be involved because it was cosmetic, so we had to understand, you know, what can be said, what can't be said. Um, um, then that then goes to R&D because we have to understand what are the key ingredients that are, have to be highlighted, et cetera. All of that then also goes to the traditional individual who would be marketing it outside of the home or on TV or on radio because we need to make sure that we're holistic to what they're saying, um, but yet still being unique in our way. So organizations out there really trying to leverage digital and take it seriously, understand you need a backbone. You need a back-end foundation that's actually going to help fulfill this thing and keep it growing. So I just wanted to point that out because I I just, I see it time and time again, people look at what's in front of the screen as a two-dimensional thing. It's a picture, it's a video. Well, let's just get a picture or a video guy not understanding that there's way more uh, back back there. So Mirna, thank you so much for all your time, all your insights. Um, it's been a career full of information. Uh, so I know people will get something out of it. Um, I'll let you take it away at the last, you know, 60 seconds or so, if you want to either drop one more piece of nugget or anything you'd like to give or um, talk about planable or both feel free. Sure. Yeah. 60 seconds. Uh, so last piece of nugget is for me to uh, don't be afraid to experiment. That's really, I always believe that experiments will tell you whatever you need to know, just whatever crosses your mind, try it out, see how it goes, see the results and, you know, data speaks for itself. And then um, about Planable, uh, what I can tell you is that it's a social media collaboration platform for kind of, for you to work with whoever helps, whether it's an agency or an in-house team, whoever does the social media content, um, it can really help you visualize whatever it's going to be posted. It can help you 
talk with everyone involved, as Jay just said, um, and be democratic with your content and get ideas from everyone. And finally, you know, it schedules, it uh, helps you plan, it helps you do pretty much everything uh, the, that means the behind the scenes of social media. Um, and you do have that uh, coupon and that, that helps you uh, get started at a lower cost. But before that, you can test it out, no commitments, no strings attached. It has the first 50 posts are for free, no credit card required. You can just sign up and see if it works for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome. That's uh, the code is market online 30, 30% off your first three months with Planable. But as Mirna just mentioned, you can do the free trial. Again, thank you so much. So many golden nuggets. Uh, at the end of it, I wrote governance and social media. Um, I think it's probably going to be our title here because I don't hear that being touched on a lot. You know, I hear a lot about the creative side of things, the different campaigns you could be doing, the different technologies, how you can segment. It's all about the end result of the campaign. No one talks about the back end of the campaign in the six months to nine months before you even launch anything where you have to deal with the approvals, the rejection of your copy message, the changing because of legal, all of that fun stuff. So thank you so much, Mirna, for everything. I really appreciate it. And uh, I hope to have you back soon. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. It was awesome. a great chat. Yeah, yeah, same here.